This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Science fiction and technology writer Corey Doctorow will present this year's McCrate Lecture in the Humanities Thursday night in Charleston. The job of art is to make you feel things that you wouldn't feel otherwise. Now, part of the method for doing that is to also infuse it with the work that I do as an activist. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Students on West Virginia University's Morgantown campus held a rally in support of Palestine Wednesday. Chris Schultz has more. About two dozen people gathered outside WVU's Student Union to show their support for Palestine. Omar Ibrahim is the president of the Muslim Student Association. He says the rally also hoped to raise money for humanitarian aid in Gaza and push back against misinformation. Our main goal is just to educate people passing by, to encourage research. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you just see. Even the stuff I'm preaching right now, I want people to go home and fact check me. Ibrahim says they are advocating for human rights, regardless of race or religion. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. A federal judge in Virginia has blocked the seizure of a helicopter from a coal company owned by Governor Jim Justice. Judge James P. Jones of the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Virginia granted a stay on Thursday sought by the coal company, Bluestone Resources, and First Source Bank of South Bend, Indiana, one of Bluestone's creditors. Another Bluestone creditor, Caroling Investments of the British Virgin Islands, had sought to take possession of the helicopter to settle part of a $13 million debt owed by Bluestone. Last week, the court ordered the U.S. Marshals to seize the helicopter, which has an estimated value of $1.2 million, according to a filing Wednesday by first source. The helicopter was housed in Roanoke, Virginia, until late last week, when it was moved to Burlington, North Carolina, according to publicly available flight data. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. Former Democrat and House Minority Leader Doug Scaff Jr. is now running for Secretary of State as a Republican. Randy Yowie has more. Scaff filed to run for Secretary of State Thursday morning, switching parties in the process. He left his legislative leadership post this past August and resigned from the House of Delegates last month. The president of HD Media and owner of various small businesses, Scaff says he has the skills and experience to excel in running elections and shepherding state business activities. Scaff says he's pro-life, pro-guns, and pro-coal, and like so many others, his values haven't changed, just his political label. 100,000 Republicans didn't just move to West Virginia overnight. These were old blue dog Democrats who were always conservative, mainstream. I know I'm not the first and I won't be the last. Scaff says the Secretary of State's office should wear no stripes and represent everyone, regardless of party affiliation. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. Science fiction and technology writer Corey Doctorow will present this year's McCrate Lecture in the Humanities Thursday night in Geary Auditorium at the University of Charleston. An award-winning author, he's written novels and young adult fiction, as well as essays and nonfiction books about technology. Bill Lynch spoke with Dr. O in advance of his visit to Charleston. I guess the first question is, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself strictly as, as a fiction writer, or are you a lot more than that? You know, I think that... Um, 
on the one hand, I, I when I write fiction, it's because without wanting to be too grand, I, I'm trying to be an artist, right? I'm trying to make art. That's what creative writing is, is it's an art form. And so the, the job of art is to be good art, right? It's to uh, make you feel things that you wouldn't feel otherwise, to kind of uh, go to new places and so on. Now, part of the method for doing that is to also infuse it with the work that I do as an activist, in part because the... Uh, use of real world important issues in fiction makes the fiction seem more important. It, it makes the fiction, I think, actually more important. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to forget just how weird fiction is, right? That, that we somehow are, are tricked into feeling empathy for imaginary people doing things that never happened and caring about what happened there. It's literally could not be less consequential, right? Like there are no consequences to the things imaginary people do. That's, that's just comes with the territory there. And so one of the things that I think makes the art more urgent and more uh, artistically satisfying is the infusion of the art with the real world stuff. And at the same time, so much of the, the stuff that I work on is so abstract, right? And so difficult to wrap your head around that one of the things that fiction can do is make it more immediate. And so as an activist, you know, I'm always looking for ways to make things that are important, but are a long way off or are too complicated to readily grasp into things that feel very immediate and pressing. And, and certainly that's something that happens a lot in my fiction. What's one thing you'd like just the average person to understand about technology? I guess that's a good question. I guess it's that the collapse of the internet that we have today from the wild and woolly internet where disintermediation seemed uh, everywhere, people were able to have lots of technological self-determination and the descent into the internet we have today, which, which Tom Eastman calls five giant websites filled with screenshots of text from the other four, was not driven by any kind of technological inevitability, right? It, it wasn't like it, it had to be this way. Specific choices, policy choices made by specific named individuals whose like home addresses are not hard to find and, you know, who, who live conveniently close to a supply of pitchforks and torches, that those specific policy choices were made and they gave us the internet we have now. And it needn't be this way forever, that we can have a better internet, that it's a matter not of the great forces of history, but of human agency. Places like Appalachia, particularly West Virginia, have seen a decline in population as people, mostly young people, have left. Could technology, uh, technological advances, the a better internet, could that mitigate that? Well, you know, the Appalachia's, uh, like many other places that aren't Silicon Valley, is a place that both needs technology and isn't getting the technology it needs. The uh, lived experience of bros in a in a boardroom in Silicon Valley is so far off from the experience of people in Appalachia or indeed in many other places in the world, including in Silicon Valley, if you're not a rich tech bro, that um, we really, uh, it's very important that we have the right and capability to modify the technology that we're expected to use. You know, I'm, I'm not saying uh, learn to code is a thing that we should tell miners that have been put out of work by the energy transition or anything. But I am saying that if you don't know how to adapt the technology that is acting on you, and if you don't have the right 
to adapt the technology that is acting on you, that it will only act on you and that you'll never be able to act on it, that you'll never be able to adapt it to your needs and to make it do what you, what you need in order to live a prosperous and better life. And so it's very important that technological self-determination be a part of the story when we talk about how we're going to use technology everywhere, but especially in places that are so far, both in terms of, uh, their uh, lived experience and and the geographical distance from Silicon Valley as Appalachia. That was writer Corey Doctorow speaking with Bill Lynch. Doctorow appears at 7.30 p.m. Thursday at the University of Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.52. Areas of fog this morning becoming mostly sunny today. Highs in the 60s and 70s. Partly cloudy tonight with a chance of rain. Lows in the 50s. Rain and thunderstorms tomorrow with highs in the 50s and 60s. Support for WVPB is provided by Solar Holler, making clean energy available to West Virginia homeowners of all income levels. More at solarholler.com. On this week's premiere broadcast of Mountain Stage, host Kathy Matea welcomes songwriter and storytelling wild man Steve Poltz, who has our Song of the Week. In this delightfully fizzy performance of Can O Pop, Poltz is backed by the Mountain Stage Band. The song comes from his most recent album, Stardust and Satellites, which was released earlier this year. Let me open up a can of pop I'm rusty like an old horseshoe I've been working on the engine in old shop shop I wanna feel the busy rhythm with you Had a chance to meet my love in Opelousas But I ended up drunk in Albuquerque Trying to fill her head with a bunch of lame excuses I think she knows I wanna do the herky-jerky Working on engine in old shop shop I want to feel the fizzy rhythm with you So I asked to try to meet me at a Nakedish But a monster chased me down a Chocolaco Then I jumped and sprayed my ankle on a catfish Now she left me for some drummer she calls In old shop shop on the field of busy rhythm with you Let my Bordeaux at the chateau Let my chapel down in Tupelo Lost my left eye from a crossbow And my wallet 
way up in Gatineau. So after saying what the heck, I ended up in Quebec. I passed out in the rain and ended up in a train. From Montana to Savannah, woke up in Louisiana. Shouted a Hosanna and I slipped on a banana. Gave my girl a nod and said, glory be to God. I'm rusty like that old car shoe. I've been working on the engine. Old chop shop. Feel the busy rhythm with you. So I finally talked her into going to kick a poo. At the motel, we did a little research. My father found out and his face turned blue. Now we're getting married over at the Catholic Church. Like an old horseshoe I've been working on the engine Old shop shop Feel the busy rhythm with you I wanna feel the busy rhythm with you I wanna feel the busy rhythm with you That was Steve Poltz performing Can of Pop on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <music>